0: Hi, everybody. Stefan Molyneux from Freedom Main Radio. Thrilled to have an... Coulter, the author of, I think it's fair to say now, 13, Count them 13, New York Times bestsellers, including Adios America, the left's plan to turn our country into a third world hellhole, which succeeded in shifting the immigration debate in the United States, quite possibly saving Western civilization in the process. That's a bit of a teaser. We'll get to that in a moment. She currently lectures around the country, is doing a book tour and writes a nationally syndicated weekly column and recently released her latest book, In Trump We Trust, E Pluribus Awesome. And you can find her work at AnneCoulter.com. and thank you so much for taking the time today. Absolutely. Great to be here. So coming up, um, seems to be a little bit of an election. Now, I, running a philosophy show, have kind of floated like a cirrus cloud above mere political debate. Uh, I've had lots of abstractions and and philosophical arguments. But partly as a result of reading your work and and other people as well, I've kind of Held onto the lead balloon and come down from the ether. And I am working now in the trenches of political activism because of demographics and because of culture and because of all of this information that was kept from, um, I guess, abstract entities like me, uh, which came to me through your work and through the work of other people. Now, for those who, you know, you can see, sort of say the world is divided into two people those who understand demographics and those who don't. For those who don't, uh, and I've talked about it a little bit on this show, but I think, you know, always better to get the experts in. Why, oh, why is this election the most crucial one in living memory?
1: Wow, you're absolutely right, and um, though it's not philosophy i've been I've been sort of similar to you. I rarely write about things that are happening happening right now. I'm not really interested in day- to- day politics, but this is, as you say, bigger than dated I'm, I've mostly written you know the truth about Joe McCarthy, the truth about Darwinism, that sort of thing not not particularly involved in elections, but this th- this will determine the survival of Western civilization um, and it is it is because of, because of cultures and demographics. Well, those are people bringing particular cultures with them. Um, it's, it's taken centuries to create, uh, the freest, most prosperous, um, fairest, uh, societies in the world. And there have been lots of studies about this, um, as you probably know, out of, especially Samuel Huntington, um Some professors at Harvard at UCLA, you never hear about about this, um, so that the left can go on. Uh, persuading Americans, um, and I suppose Canadians and British and so on, that um, American culture is the worst culture in the world, and the sooner we replace ourselves, the better off we are. We are, we are somehow oppressing, um, you know, these throngs of the third world that are now being brought in to replace us. But the truth is exactly the opposite. Um, we do have the, the most successful culture in the history of the world is the fairest to, to the weak, the vulnerable, um, women, children, plants, animals, um, just on any, on honesty versus corruption. Um, but, I mean, this is a wonderful thing about Donald Trump. It's not, when, when, when people talk about him challenging political correctness, it isn't just that he's um, forcing, forcing the media to um, stop yelling at him when he uses phrases like, illegal immigrants. Um, that's, been, that's been treated like the N-word for the past decade or so. But he's, he's, he's altering the political correctness that forces us to see ourselves as corrupt and, and insisting that we must replace ourselves. You know, that's just when, when the left is going to love America as soon as it's not America anymore. Um, and my, my political party or my ex-political party, the official Republican Party, um, they're just whistling past the graveyard the democrats want to bring in the third world because um, these are, by and large, people who have no no experience with constitutional democracy. And as the president of Singapore said years ago, you can't have a democracy in a multicultural society because people no longer vote their political interests or social interests. They vote their ethnic group. And, oh boy, do we see that happening here in California. It's, it's not even, I mean, the Democratic Party is also whistling past the graveyard thinking that they will survive in their current form. No, there isn't... Admittedly, no Republican can get elected statewide in California anymore, but nor can what we think of as, at least nationally, the Democratic Party. There are no Joe Bidens running. It's not, it's not you know, liberal Democrats versus working-class Democrats or whatever their, their division is these days. It is Hispanic Democrats running against Asian Democrats. I'm calling in from L.A. right now. Um, the mayor of Los Angeles was elected um, by being a Jew pretending to be a Mexican um that's how people start voting um and we also i mean we see other changes people blame it all on millennials uh, and and the brainwashing going on in the colleges, um, but I actually think a lot of it probably has to do with the fact w- that we are bringing in cultures that have no tradition of, for example, free speech or um, you know the rule of law, innocent until proved guilty. You see what's happening on all these college campuses where where the kids will say no 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 we think there should not be free speech if it hurts someone's feelings and um, all of these. Um, the sexual assault tribunals, where where the accusation is enough, there is no innocence until proved guilty. There is no citing um, alternative. Um, um, the, you you can't make a defense to these cases. This is change. This is the advent of the change to our culture. The culture that emerged from you know the Magna Carta, the glorious revolution um, is is. The apotheosis of which is the Declaration of Independence. It, it, freedom is a hard thing to learn, and yes, we can teach. And assimilate people to this wonderful culture we have. But we can't do it in the numbers of people we're bringing in. Um, and especially when, when hate crime is, or um, assimilation is considered, an attempt to assimilate is considered a hate crime. Um, no, we have, you know, various ghettos of Somalis and Mexicans and, and you know, the Hondurans versus the Puerto Ricans. I mean, the, the traditional minority in our country, it's, it's never been. Um, A multicultural society, America has historically been a biracial society, Um, 80 to 90 percent white and very, very limited in in what kind of white people. They weren't Russian white people. But the first hundred years or so, they weren't German white people. In fact, Ben Franklin shut that down. They were white people from specifically the British Isles, white Protestants. That is how Edmund Burke talked about the Americans. That's how King George talked about the Americans, um, referring to the American Revolution as a Protestant war. And then we also had 10 to 20% um, black people from, again, a small sliver of Western Africa. That was the country for centuries. This idea that, oh, it's just always been this polyglot and we can bring in you know, cannibals, Somalis, jihadists. Um, no, it's, it's only been like that for the past few decades because the Democrats want the votes and the plutocrats want the cheap labor.
0: Well, there is this very frustrating thing for me just looking at a sort of big picture, which is that, you know, Mexico has been right next to America for hundreds of years. And it's not like the American system is patented and and it can't be reproduced (laughs) anywhere else. You know, like they they could have taken those ideas anytime and implemented them in Mexico. And I think everyone would actually have been quite a bit happier because it would have meant fewer uh, illegal immigrants pouring into America. So because the West has not patented or, or put some sort of intellectual property rights around things like separation of church and state, the free market, uh, free speech, uh, the Second Amendment, First Amendment, anyone can do it. So when people pour out of their own country and into America, isn't that a confession that they simply can't reproduce America in their own country, which means it's much more likely they're going to reproduce their own country in America.
1: No, that's a fantastic point. Fantastic point. If we really wanted to help the rest of the world, that is exactly what we what attempt to do, and that is to show Share our secrets to a successful (laughs) culture, um, not bring other cultures here. And an example proving because um, I've noticed this even when I think I'm explaining myself so so perfectly clearly, um, the left in America, i.e., journalists, no matter what I say, they will say this is about race. This is about race. Well, no, an exception. um, Well, a few exceptions proving the rule. um, There are Russians. We don't want a lot of Russians either, and they're white as could be. um, but but in all these cultural studies I was discussing again mostly out of Harvard and the uh, UCLA um, they found uh, uh, in the list of the handful of most successful cultures um, they throw in Hong Kong because two of the predictors they have found for for a successful culture is number one years of British rule and number two. Uh, Protestantism, which of course doesn't mean that that all the people living in the country need to be Protestants, but that that is is the crystal around around which the country grows grows up. It is it is because part of Protestantism is 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 freedom and thinking for yourself and individuality. Um, so so it isn't. Uh, a racial thing, though, though journalists refuse to understand this. But why don't we just share these ideas? And isn't that curious? I mean, that one of the predictors of a successful culture is years of British rule. All that, But no, the idea of British imperialism is, is is denounced as if it were the Crusades or something. In fact, it was the British sharing their successful culture, their glorious revolution, and, and Magna Carta, their ideas with other countries, and that turned out to be a huge huge benefit. It certainly was to my country.
0: Well, there is also this other really frustrating aspect that the Western civilization is so denigrated, you know, all of this uh, imperialism and and, uh, racism or whatever, you know, the usual isms that are shot out like bullets or machine gun by the idiotic left, but You just follow the footprints. I mean, if Western society is so terrible, why is it a one-way flow from the third world to Western society and not the other way around? Don't they know that they're going to be exposing themselves to massive amounts of toxic racism and and we should really (laughs) hold them back? It's like, no, you're going to the radiation plant. It's leaking. Stand back. Stay away. (laughs) You're going to dissolve. Yes, that's exactly right. It is always
1: the exact same people who say America is the worst country in the world and, oh, we are so racist and sexist and homophobic, and they're the ones who are working overtime to bring these poor, innocent, prospective victims into our country where they will be subjected to racism. I must say, I mean, it proves that assimilation is, is very possible um, because the one Western value, or at least current Western value, um, that, that immigrants assimilate, to with lightning speed is is the desire to see yourself as a victim um every (laughs) every ethnic group comes to this country and pretends to be black um and as i've i've been saying for years it is the traditional republican position no we do owe something to african americans this is because of the legacy of slavery and jim crow uh but nobody else Nobody else gets to come in and claim affirmative action and set asides and, um, you know, special benefits. No, unless, unless your ancestors were part of, of, of slavery and Jim Crow, we don't owe you anything. And to the extent this is now, um, completely. I mean, every ethnic group now, Now, um, Muslims are going to be a spe- separate category on the census reports. Um, someone who's just run across our border, um, you know, nationality, um, illegal immigration, these are all special benefits in applying for, for college and, and, and student loans. Well, then it's nothing but an anti-traditional white American movement, and, and probably traditional white American male movement.
0: Well, I'm sure that, and uh, as this uh, category of Muslims is set up, uh, I'm sure there'll be lots of uh, Europeans lining up for restitution for the Muslim slave trade, which went on for far longer than the African slave trade to America. But um, yes, also, the scope-
1: you know, it, it's worth you know a little footnote here. Um, I mean, I, you can look this up. I don't, I don't remember this off the top of my head. But the vast majority of slaves imported to quote the New World didn't come to the United States. They went to Latin America um, as, as Samuel Huntington says in his book, who are we? Um, would this country be different if it had been America, if it had been founded by, um, the Spanish or the French? Well, well, if it had been founded by the French, it would be Canada. If it had been founded by the Spanish, uh, it would be Mexico. Um, and you know, the rest of these world leaders, I, and there are a lot of awful things with Latin American culture, um, which, which they got from the Spanish. The conquistadors, where do they think they got those last names? Those are not, you know, um, indigenous population names. Those are the names of their Spanish rapists. Uh, Uh, The rest of the world may pretend to be afraid of Donald Trump, but good luck to the rest of the world when they're hit with tsunamis, earthquakes, warlords, Nazis. What what, was all that help, you know, that Mexico gave us in defeating the Nazi war machine? There will be no America to come and rescue the rest of the world when America becomes Mexico with a little, you know, Saudi Arabia and Pakistani flavoring.
0: Well, and for those who uh, who doubt any of this, uh, I will just invite you to uh, to go to Google and type in Mexico age of consent uh, and then just sit back and have your hair fly out of your ears because it can be a little a little alarming oh yeah I mean so white western or Mexico Christians...
1: Nazi huh? dance party. They 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 do dancing is very big in Mexico and they have these big dance parties. I just tweeted this out um, about a year ago. It was about when Adios America was coming out. I should find it and retweet it. These big dance numbers, you know, holding up the Nazi flag, doing the Nazi salute, one guy in the Nazi mustache. This is a year ago, and the New York Times writes it up. Um, but with, not with the video, as I put up, um, but then says, but of course, you know, Mexico doesn't have a a history with supporting Nazism. Well, uh, okay, would you accept this in the United States? Because the United States not only doesn't have a history of supporting Nazism, we are the ones who defeated Nazism. And yet, I think that wouldn't go over big in this country. Um, I mean, that's one thing um, African-Americans and really all ethnic groups are going to discover if they haven't discovered already. The only people capable of white white guilt are white people.
0: Mm. And just so people get a sense of the scope of the problem, as you say, the mostly left-wing media is really actively hiding all of this stuff. Uh, I just pulled up a couple of numbers uh, from 2000 to 2014. 18.7 18.7 million immigrants arrive in America. And just between 2010 and 2014, 5.6 million immigrants. And uh, recently, just over the last couple of decades, 42.4 million Immigrants And they generally have a higher birth rate than natives. So there is a massive displacement that is occurring. And we can all understand this if all the Japanese were suddenly magically taken out of Japan, except for maybe three Japanese people, and then were replaced with Mexicans. We understand that this would not be Japan as we understand it anymore. It would be Mexico on an island. Nobody would go to the old shrines. Nobody would sit on the ground to eat their food, right? There wouldn't be those weird paper <laughs> walls that they have in Japanese homes. It would simply be Mexico with a few Japanese people left over um, crying in a corner, perhaps. Perhaps, that if you replace the population you replace the country because there's just no magic soil that turns people into Americans the moment they set foot uh, 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 out of the airplane
1: yes exactly right and we're the only people in the world who aren't supposed to care that that our home is being taken from away from us um, I mean as I say at the beginning of in Trump we trust everyone everyone loves his home or has some sentimentality toward it, even if he'd never lived there, even if it was, um, you know, a terrible neighborhood, even if it was stultifyingly boring, people will always say, oh, it was a good place to grow up. They'll go back, they'll get nostalgic, they'll give you t- tours, here's the donkey court, C- car, we're, we're, we're so we're so sensitive to, to trampling on, on the native populations. As, as I say, this is why you're supposed to be embarrassed about asking for ketchup at a French cafe. Um, but Americans are supposed to be you know, wildly enthusiastic. No, please, please replace us. Please replace our home, turning it into any other country, but not America. No, without Trump, that's it. Americans will be homesick forever.
0: Well, then, of course, all we have to do is uh, do that Nineteen eighty-four pretzel logic, and and recognize that uh, when white people go to other countries, uh, it's uh, imperialism. When other countries come to white people, it's diversity and it's a strength. And once you understand <laughs> that, and you can hold those two thoughts simultaneously, you are good to go. <laughs>
1: yes, that's exactly right.
0: Well put. <laughs> now, I have a. Let me just give you a brief thesis and, and get your comments on it because the left, of course, you know, since the early nineteen twenties, with the common have been trying to replace. Um, Democratic capitalism the republic idea limited government and so on with something much more toxic and collective and central planning and you know Basically socialist slash communist and they were doing a pretty good job Um and, and I just really want to recommend people uh, read treason the story of joseph mccarthy. Perhaps we can get you on to talk about that another time uh, one, one of the great things about reading your work is um, it's Fantastically entertaining, but also it makes me really angry at the amount of history that has been kept from me and completely Misrepresented to me, but
1: um, thank you. You're my perfect reader.
0: But it seems like the left uh, had this idea, okay, well, you know, over in communism, things are better. You know, you're going to be richer, you're going to be freer, you're going to be happy, you're going to have more cool stuff. And that kind of fell apart in the 1950s and the 1960s after the crimes of Stalin came out and after the sort of pact of steel with, with Hitler and particularly when Khrushchev gave his big speech about the Stalin's cult of personality and the Gulag archipelago came out with Solzhenitsyn, they kind of lost the ideological war because it was revealed as a collectivist, horrible, totalitarian hellhole that people were chewing through brick, barbed wire to try and get out of. But of course, the left, being the left, didn't say, well, you know, it was a good idea. It doesn't work in practice, so let's just change. What they said was, well, we can't win the war of evidence and we can't win the war of rationality because so many economists had destroyed the concept of central planning. So we're just going to start putting our finger on the scale. We're going to start stacking the deck. We're just going to start importing people who will vote for us because they don't have a history of freedom. And that, I think, was where the big chance, as you pointed out, the sort of 1965 Ted Kennedy bill, which shifted immigration from Europe to the third world, to me was the left saying, well, we can't win the war of ideas. We have no reason. We have no evidence. So let's just start importing voters and pretend we're still doing something democratic.
1: Yes, that is exactly what happened. And it's, it seems particularly clear in this election right now, um, the states that that have been traditionally Republican, that are either either completely... Democrat now. Where used to be swing states, um, and now are Democrat. Um, it is where where the most immigrants have gone, and the ones that even some that have been traditionally Democrat, but now Trump has a chance of getting. Those are the ones that don't have as much immigration. Um, it's very clear. I mean, um, the the petri dish of this is California, the state that once gave us uh, Richard Nixon and Ronald Reagan, cannot elect a Republican statewide. It will not happen. Um, and incidentally, I know there are a fair number of talk radio hosts and and many at Fox News seem to believe, well, you know, it's good for our bottom line if Hillary wins. That's when people, you know, our side gets angry and, and they're really going to tune in. But I... I, I I hate to be the bearer of bad news when you can't win an election people lose interest in in the game you know go to a cubs game in chicago see how full the stands are not that interesting when when the country's over um, and i de- i mean if hillary is elected both she and tim Kaine uh, have have vowed to give illegal immigrants um, of whom there are at least 30 million, perhaps as many as 40, 50, even 60 million. We don't know. The best estimates put it at least at 30 million. Um, well, that's just you know overnight 30 million new voters for the Democrats. Republicans will not be able to win another election. Nor, as I say, will will the traditional or traditional democrats it, it will be asian democrats against hispanic democrats in fact it will probably be mexican democrats against central american democrats against um, muslim democrats against asian democrats but whoa it's it's the end of what we think of as america
0: Oh, and this is something that people really need to understand the stakes in this election. It's not about the next four years. I would argue it's about the next 40 years or even longer, because if Trump gets in and there is this self-deportation or some sort of deportation that occurs and tens of millions of uh, potential voters are sort of taken out of the Democrat mix and as the mainstream media continues to throw itself on the pyre of their own former credibility and commits seppuku by just railing against, like with all crazy barbs and insanity, railing against Donald Trump to the point where nobody believes much of anything that they say anymore. If he guts the media, if he guts illegal immigration, uh, then that really is stopping the left right before they were about to win. Uh, and it may, in fact, uh, gut them for a generation. So uh, yeah, if, if if the left wins, they're in for good. And if the right wins, wins, I think it'll do more than what you talked about with joseph mccarthy like bias another a uh, couple of decades to to solve the problem but i think it is going to restore some balance and then people are actually going to have to come to political debates with reason with evidence with facts with yes. arguments rather yes. than just uh, tribalism
1: yes Yes, you're absolutely right. And in fact, I dedicated in Trump We Trust to um, a smart friend of mine, but a liberal. Um, um, We went to a party just before the book came out. Um, I guess it was July 4th. Um, and I'm, I'm meeting new people of party and they said they'd looked up Mickey Cowes and would come up to me and say, but, but he's a Democrat and he's, he's so, he's Mr. Obamacare. And I said, yes, yes. Um, we will disagree with him once the country is saved. But right now he's with us on immigration. Uh, and I really, I mean, you know, I've sent out some aggressive tweets on this, but really nothing else matters And the fact that my, my, ex-republican party still thinks that the path to victory the important issues what we need to talk about is you know abortion and tax cuts no 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 we will uh, let's fight fair and square on these issues once we're down to americans not being outvoted by foreigners but right now we're being outvoted by foreigners and we're looking at the end of western civilization i mean after after America, it's just going to keep going. Don't, don't think that Canada is immune. Um, you know, perhaps Britain has saved itself with, with Brexit, but when you're down to, you know, just a few tiny little spots on the globe where any semblance of Western civilization, the rule of law, fairness to women and children, respect for women... Respect for women, tolerance for other people, and a more live-and-let-live lifestyle, the the basics of Western civilization, once it's in, you know, I guess, Israel, Britain, um, Australia, and who wants to live in Australia, New Zealand, Um, don't expect it to last too long.
0: No, I, I think that's fair to say for sure. Now, <clears throat> one of the things that drives me kind of crazy about the left, and of course they've they've targeted you to this uh, to this degree as well, it's. They, they seem to want to just create this moat of, like, eye-rolling and, oh, he's so déclassé, or this, this is this eye-rolling, just this negative reaction that goes around certain people, designed to seal other people off from being curious about them. Uh, and this is really, really frustrating because, again, it's not an argument. It's not an analysis. Yeah. If you point out how many of your critics actually read your book, how do they go about building this weird moat where it's just considered to be lower class or de classe to, to be pro-Trump. He's a buffoon. He's a clown. He's, these, these are not arguments. When did, on earth did we get to the point where it's not even a good ad hominem. It's not even a zinger. Right. It's just this tired eye rolling that's supposed to ward people off from certain information.
1: No, you're absolutely right. The smirking, the mocking. Um, I do enjoy, hate watching TV, so I watch a lot of MSNBC. And recently I've been thinking even if i didn't care about immigration i would have to vote or or any of his other of trump's other issues um trade not having endless wars that that are counterproductive um even if i disagreed with him on his, on all of his issues you have to vote for trump just to humiliate these these smirking <laughs> mocking swine in the media um and and this is a strange phenomenon which i think is somewhat new i don't remember this from I don't know, even, even as recently as 10 years ago, um, I think it started with John Stewart and now, you know, all, yeah. so much of the left. It's all about attitude. It is not, as you say, about facts or evidence. It's about attitudes, and we seem to have at least some percentage of these young millennials um, who just want to know it's, it's as if they're hiring John Stewart and Samantha B to be their personal shopper, shoppers for, <laughs> for, for their political opinions. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a very busy person. If you could just tell me who to hate and who not to. Well, here, we think this might look nice on you, um, but it's all about communicating an attitude. These alleged comedy shows, for example, there was just a big write-up on this. I think it was in the in Time magazine. Um, but they have all gone the way of. Not being comedy, or what anyone would think of as comedy, um, but just a long string of epithets about the people we're supposed to hate. And that by itself is supposed to be funny, but the main point is, um, here, young, stupid millennial, this is who you hate, and this is who you love, and that's, and that's the end of it.
0: Oh, I think it's a very fin de part of civilization when comedy begins to replace critical thought. Because, of course, comedy lowers people's defenses, because when you're laughing, you're more receptive, like, biochemically to certain ideas, and all it does is implant prejudice rather than inform people, so it's a very, very dangerous drug uh, to, to get across because it, it displaces debate and makes, as you say, snarkiness the, the coin of the intellectual realm and um, well, the ah, good news given is- how stable comics are, it's not usually where you want to go for your truth.
1: <laughs> the good news is it's it's not funny anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, what you say is right. Actual comedy is dangerous. Um, it can be very persuasive, um, but this isn't comedy. It's just a long string of epithets. Uh, one of my friends is a very prominent um, and well-known comedy writer in America. Um, and he used to write sketches that would appear in front of a live audience, and he said, you know, our objective was to get the audience to laugh against its its prejudices, um, because the, applause... They call it clapter here, um, where it's not actually funny, but we'll applaud for it to show that we agree with the pro- – we have the proper attitudes. We're also superior to those Walmart people. But if you can get someone to laugh at something and then almost feel embarrassed that they're, la- they're not supposed to be laughing at, um, you know, Democrats or, or immigrants or something, um, if you can trick them into laughing, that means it's really funny. You cannot stop a laugh. A laugh is like a sneeze.
0: Yeah, well, you want people to giggle and then slap themselves back into political correctness, because at least you've taken one brick out of the wall against thought. Now, let's talk a little bit about where Trump, of course, and the Republicans have traditionally had some challenges, uh, particularly uh, among blacks. There is this habit to say, "Well, the black community or the blacks in America, like it's sort of one community." And one thing that you've written about, which I really want the chance to get across to the audience, is that. Um, Illegal immigration, of course, being very negative towards blacks and uh, Hispanics coming in displacing blacks very aggressively a lot of times. You know, it's not oh, yeah. like, well, no, you can't borrow my cup of sugar. It's like drive by rat-a-tat-tat, you know, old mobster style. So let's talk about how Trump's policies and, and there are great, great people in the black community who are really waking up to this and really, really coming, stepping forward to this. How is Trump going to help the blacks, uh, which, of course, as a community, have been significantly struggling under Obama? What is it, 55% increase in food stamp consumption and so on? It's been tough.
1: Yes, and I love what Trump is doing. He is the Republican I've been waiting for my entire life. That speech he gave in Milwaukee, his first appeal directly to African-Americans. Um, I wanted to stand and cheer for it. Um, and, and, and by and large, that is the only group. Um, one of the things i I back up one of the things I love about Trump is that he is not engaging in the typical identity politics which my ex Republican party used to just buy on without thinking it's it's the democrats who have decided people should vote their ethnic group and we will appear appeal to you as Somalis and as Hispanics and as women and and my ex-republican party was stupid enough to go along with that reinforcing the idea that people should be voting their ethnic group rather than their interests whether those interests are economic or social or any number of things um... Um, and it's been a horrible, embarrassing thing to watch. You're never going to outbid the, the Democrats on on the goodies we're going to give you um, if you belong to this or that ethnic group. Trump has, has completely blown that up. He does not appeal to Hispanics as Hispanics. Um, in fact, that was one of my favorite tweets that he ever sent because I thought it was, I believe, um, I'm confused. It seems very clear to me he was making fun of political correctness and identity politics on that Cinco de Mayo thing, claiming that Trump Tower has has the best taco bowls. I love Hispanics. Um,
0: it's just- I'm sorry to interrupt, but did you ever see that was a great comment? My favorite comment of that whole picture was Trump is 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 so rugged that even his food has a wall. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I love that because he does not appeal to his Sp- Mexicans as Mexicans, or Guatemalans as Guatemalans, much less. And by the way, they don't see themselves as Hispanics, it is only ethnic activists and and liberals and the members of the Republican National Committee who think all Hispanics love one another. As I describe in, in Adios America, <laughs> no, no, they all hate one another, and, and they particularly dislike being treated as if they're all Mexicans. Um, um, in any event, he doesn't do that. He doesn't do that with, with, with any immigrant group. He appeals. He appeals to their bottom line. He's going to bring back jobs. He's going to raise wages. Now, I do think um, I, I, he, it is appropriate to make an exception for African Americans because of the history of African Americans in this country. And I think his appeal is the best I've ever seen. I mean, we'll see what happens. What is hurting Trump the most with um, African-Americans is the fact that he is a Republican. So, frankly, it was fantastic that the entire primary was spent with these morons going on TV and saying, he's not a real Republican. Something I always point out, to black people I meet, don't worry. We blew that Republican Party up. Just Just forget that there's an R after his name. He's going to bring back jobs. Um, and he's right when he says Hillary and the Democrats only care about African Americans on election day. That's it. They want your vote, and then see you in four years. Um, whereas Trump and his policies will genuinely do so much to help black Americans. It's just uh, coming off mugged and then writing, Adios mm-hmm. you know, America, mugged is about racial demagoguery in this country. It's, it just breaks my heart that. For the last 40 years, we've been busy, you know, um, accommodating and, and giving out welfare and, and, and helping um, third world immigrants. If we hadn't done that and had just concentrated on, look, black Americans have gotten the short end of the stick for a few couple of centuries, um, for a few centuries, let's concentrate on helping black Americans. And I, for one, would start with a welfare reform a lot sooner than we got it um, but also jobs and and one thing that hasn't been mentioned about trump but consider that the wall, the fact that he is a builder. He talks about rebuilding the inner cities, rebuilding bridges, um, rebuilding airports. I love that he keeps complaining about our third world airports, and they are third world. Um, well, a big issue in this country over the past year, if you hate watch the liberal stations as I do, is uh, this campaign called "Ban the Box," and the box is on employment applications. Have you ever been convicted of a crime? Um, the claim is, well, this discriminates against as a disparate. Impact, let's say, against uh, black Americans, especially black American males, making it harder for them to get jobs. We, so we're just, we have to prevent employers from even asking this question. Well, here's a better idea. How about you create tens of thousands of jobs where a prior criminal conviction doesn't make a difference, like building a wall, like building bridges, as we've seen with what's been happening with, with um Ferguson, Baltimore, Charlotte, I mean, just city after city in this country, we have a lot of young black males who are unemployed and have a lot of testosterone. How about we put that to work building the wall? There are going to be so many jobs, and that's just for the African-American community, Um, but, but consider the trade deals. In the last 20 years, we've gone from about 20 million manufacturing jobs to half that, with a much, much larger population Population. We are shipping jobs to Mexico, shipping jobs to Asia. Um, Hillary wants to put it into overdrive with the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Not Trump. He's bringing all those jobs back. And I think this is very appealing to anyone who hears his message, as opposed to the, the media saying, don't listen to him, we'll tell you what he said, um, which has become their favorite mode of reporting on Trump. Um, um, which is why I think he's doing very well with, weirdly, both... Both Hispanic Americans of whatever stripe and black Americans and blue-collar Americans, they all want jobs.
0: Well, this is – and I've made this case before, but hey, it's new for you, so let's call it new – which is that people who left Mexico and, and entered into uh, America legally and went through the paperwork, went through the whole multi-step process. Uh, it's a crazy org chart. It looks like the lower intestine or map of the London subway or something. But they, they got through and they got to America. Why did they come to America? Because they preferred America yeah. to Mexico. They preferred America to Mexico. I think that we have a strong responsibility as a culture to preserve that culture for people who came for that culture. You know, Absolutely the people who, right. who, who who came from Mexico, they don't want this big giant bullet ridden sombrero coming up in the rear view, overtaking them. And it's like, well, why the heck did I go through that whole giant process, spend all of that money, uproot myself, move to a new country? to just end up where I came from. And you need to preserve your culture, partly for the people who came to enjoy that culture.
1: No, absolutely right, which is why I think Trump is doing so well with, with Hispanic voters. Um, I mean, in all categories, <laughs> yes, he's getting the votes of of the law-abiding, hard-working Hispanics, African-Americans. Yeah, they came here for a reason. Um, it seems... It, 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 That is a surprising conclusion, only because who are the Hispanics who don't care about how Hispanics do in America? Um, The ones who run the ethnic grievance groups, the ones who are the spokesmen for all of these groups. Well, they're the ones being interviewed on TV um, whining about how mean Donald Trump is. Um, You know, go talk to an ordinary... An actual voter yeah i think he 'd like his wages to go up i think he'd like his wife would like to not have to worry about someone breaking into the house and raping her daughter um, there was just i saw a surprising segment on m s n b c last week um the very 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 left wing station where they were all um It was a mystery. They had a whole 20-minute segment on this, something that would not surprise either you or me, that apparently in Nevada, uh, um, an important state um, that I hope Trump will win, um, in Nevada, 38% of Hispanics are for Trump which is much higher than Bush, McCain, or Romney, the last three Republican presidential candidates. And so MSNBC actually sent an on-the-ground reporter to go sit in on a Spanish, I guess mostly Spanish language, but they were calling in and, and speaking to him in English, um, radio station out there in 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 Nevada, and, and he sat down and he said, okay, I just want to know um, why are Hispanics voting for Trump out here? And one after another called, and by the way, speaking perfect English, Trump wins with Hispanics who speak English. Hillary wins with Hispanics who do not. Curious facts. They're getting their news from Univision, and Univision's power goes up the more Hispanics are in this country. doesn't help Hispanics already here. Um, but it was funny. One guy said, um, um, well, basically what you're saying. No, I came here to live in America. We need a wall. I want my wages to go up. I can't when, when there's just this never-ending stream of, of more Mexicans competing against me for the same kinds of jobs. And the best part was he said, you know, I feel sorry for, for a lot of these. I know a lot of these illegal aliens. They live in my neighborhood. Some of them have been here their whole lives. Um, I feel sorry for them. I wish they didn't have to go, but if they have to go, they have to go.
0: <laughs> you don't go to a French restaurant because you want a burrito. And yes. uh, that's that's sort of the basis. Now, it also is very tough because uh, I live in Canada where there's sort of the English-French mess and and complication. I can't see how it's particularly advantageous for a young black man to be denied getting a job, as you've pointed out, at McDonald's because he doesn't speak Spanish. You know, learning another language, quite a a complicated and time-consuming thing. And when you have pretty terrible educational schools to begin with, and we get to charters in a sec, but how is moving more and more different cultures, different languages, different histories, different religions into a particular group supposed to serve the economic needs of everybody who lives there, because you're creating these kind of invisible walls. Diversity, you know, destroys, as the Putnam studies have shown, destroys social trust, people cocoon, and it makes it very complicated to provide goods and services into an environment where there's multiple languages being spoken. You don't know who you might be offending with what particular displays or, or habits or whatever. How is it introducing more languages, introducing more cultures does not help particularly the poorest who just might not have the time to enroll in a 12-month Berlitz course so they can get a job at McDonald's.
1: <laughs> no, and they have no interest in doing so, and and nor should they. Um, something like 20 years ago, I think I may have used this in one of my columns, I almost put it in the book, but ended up not being able to finish that chapter in time, but it, it was in the early 90s, I think, there was a congressional hearing, um, And it was a lot of black people in black neighborhoods, um, here in Los Angeles and Southern California generally, saying exactly what you are saying, um, that uh, (laughs) are not only are, are illegal and legal, um, mostly Mexican immigrants coming in and aggressively attacking us, engaging in racism like you um, only a Hollywood director could dream of. Um, But at the local McDonald's, um, people were turned away. They couldn't get jobs because they didn't speak English. And I think black people reasonably say, this is our country. We have been here for centuries. Um, no, no, you're not going to supplant us in this, in this white guilt. What did anybody ever do to you? You come in and start collecting welfare. Um, when you're not part of this country, um, you get, as I say, the only people who, who have white guilt are white people. Um, and, and yeah, it's going to be the Tower of Babel.
0: So, when it comes to the election that's looming close, it feels like forever since uh, at least I started working on these kinds of issues, but of course it's rushing up against us. So what is the last sort of words that you would like to put out to people who are, you know, the independents uh, who, you know, there's obviously those who won't ever vote for Trump and those have already decided. What is it that you most wanted to say to the independents that you think would help sway them uh, in the direction that you would prefer or you think most rational?
1: Um, the media are lying to you about everything, believe nothing they say. Um, whatever shreds of credibility they they have left they are willing to sacrifice in order to stop trump so that they can transform the country permanently and forever uh... whatever problems you have with with trump personally yes, lots of us do that isn't the point trump will be dead and gone in twenty years whether america continues to be america will be determined by this election he's the vessel for that um, i feel like we've been sitting back you know, election after election holding an auction. Hey, anybody want to run on these popular issues? Anybody? Anybody? And the only guy who will bid on them is Trump. He's the only one who will raise these issues. This is why we support him. And do not be distracted by the endless badgering from the media about this or that tweet or mean thing Donald Trump has said. Even if it were all true, and frankly it's coming from the media, none of it is true. Um, Even if it's true, it doesn't matter. Save America. We'll argue about everything else next.
0: I guess we just want to get off the train that says, next stop, Venezuela, you get to hunt for seagulls and rats in the city square for food. So uh, thanks so much, uh, Anne. It was a real pleasure to chat. Uh, I just want to remind everyone, anncoulter.com, pick up her books. If you disagree with them, you will be thoroughly enlightened through your disagreement. And I strongly recommend her books. Uh, Very entertaining. And boy, it's going to give you some great conversation for dinner parties. Uh, Thanks so much, Anne. It was a great pleasure. Have a great rest of the day.
1: You too. Great to talk to you anytime.